For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Wednesday. We are midweek. Hope your week is going great. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore, and Twitter and True Social at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I am at Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I know over the last week or so since we kicked off this brand new year, there hasn't been uh, any emails on this show. It doesn't mean I'm not getting them. I am, and I thank you so much. Keep them coming. Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. We have just had so much coming at us uh, in this brand new year that we haven't had time on the shows to get to your emails, but I promise you. They are still coming. <laughs> we are going to get to them. And probably on Friday, we're going to start again with emails. So please keep them coming. I read them all. I see them all. And I really appreciate you guys giving me feedback, letting me know what's on your mind. Okay, next week, guess what happens? The World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Didn't get an invite? No worries. We're all over it. Uh, get ready for the globalist predator jamboree, which is going to happen next week. I was at one Davos when I was assistant secretary of the treasury. I went once with Secretary Mnuchin. President Trump was there as well. Uh, we led the delegation from treasury. So I was right in the middle of all of it. And next week when this uh, group convenes, 
I'm going to tell you about my experience at Davos. This was January of 2020. Right as the virus was beginning to explode, certainly all over China. We're going to talk about this next week. We're also going to talk about the threats from the World Economic Forum and other transnational groups. They're all there. They all land in Davos in the next couple of days. The World Health Organization, you name it. These groups are the greatest threat to our sovereignty. I mean, we've got a million threats coming at us, right? A million, especially from the inside, the weaponization of our own government against us. But you know what? All of that is of a piece. What do I keep saying on this show? It's all of a piece. These predators are all working together. DOJ, FBI, DHS, big tech, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, China, the CCP, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, they're all working together against you and me. So next week, when they all convene in Davos, we're going to be all over this. And I'm going to tell you about my impressions and my experience at my one time at the World Economic Forum. All right, today, I want to do a deep dive into what we know so far about the damage caused by the mRNA shots. A lot of people, especially young people, collapsing, many dying unexpectedly or suddenly. In fact, there was just another one yesterday, 18 years old, a US Air Force cadet walking to class, walking, not running, not playing football, basketball, soccer, walking to class, collapsed and died of a cardiac arrest. What is going on? We are going to take it all apart today with Edward Dowd, who has been hip deep in the data and the statistics, and he's going to be here to give us a full report. This is a must-listen conversation coming up. Do not miss it. Again, tell all of your friends about this program because we're bringing you information that you really can't get many other places at all. Um, you know, there are a few outlets that cover this and God bless them. We are covering it here. So please make sure that you're listening, but everybody you know and care about is listening to this program as well. All right, so a must listen discussion coming up here in a couple of minutes. But first, the Monica memo. Classified documents for me, but not for thee. We've got a brand new Biden versus Trump throwdown. Literally everything they accused Trump of doing, everything they still accuse Trump of doing, they themselves are guilty of. Everything. This is textbook projection and the left are masters of it. And one of the reasons why they can do it so efficiently is because they've got the propaganda press on their side, not investigating, and in fact, not just not holding them to account for their lies, but actively amplifying their lies. So everything they accuse our side of doing, they themselves are doing. Here we go again. Just when you thought that Joe Biden could not get any more corrupt, boom, he can. This story is really about two things. It's about Joe Biden's corruption and the precarious position it places all of us in. And it's about China. The Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, 
is the root of so much evil here and around the world as it seeks global domination. You want to talk about the World Economic Forum as we're going to do next week? Oh, I'm going to tell you about what I saw with the Chinese delegation in January of 2020 at Davos. This is about world domination by the CCP. Their tentacles are everywhere. This is why we cannot have a president, a commander in chief, who is compromised in any way, in any way, by the CCP. And yet now we have a president who is completely compromised by the CCP. And not just him, but many, if not most, Democrats in Congress, 65 of whom voted yesterday against the creation of a select committee on China. Let that sink in. 65 Democrats voted against the creation of a select committee on China to evaluate and fight back against the multi-front war that the CCP is waging against us. 65 House Democrats said, no, we're not interested in that. So much of our government is in bed and protecting our fiercest enemy. Keep that in mind as we go through this story, okay? Joe Biden had a bunch of classified documents in a private office at his quote unquote think tank. Joe Biden has not had an original thought in his head in his entire life, but he's got a think tank. Is the think tank a money laundering operation for them? Is it just another way of advancing the Biden crime family's financial interests? I don't know, probably. Joe Biden hasn't had a thought in his entire life, but he's got a think tank. This think tank is at the Chinese-funded University of Pennsylvania, or Penn. CNN, doing actual reporting for a change, said yesterday that the documents include, quote, U.S. intelligence memos and briefing materials that cover topics including Ukraine, Hello, Iran, hello, and the United Kingdom. So set aside the UK for a minute, but that could be critical too, because remember, so much of the Russia hoax came out of the UK. The UK was hip deep in providing a lot of cover and information for the Russia hoax. Remember Stefan Halper, all of these like shadowy figures involved in the Russia hoax against Donald Trump, they were out of the UK. So there could be some documents related to Biden's involvement. Remember, Biden was hip deep in the Russia hoax. So was his boss, Barack Obama. They were all running the show. Hillary Clinton, also at the center of this, probably created it, but she couldn't have gone far without Obama and Biden driving the bus. And so much of the touchstones of this Russia hoax, so many of the lies, so many of the operatives came out of London the UK. So maybe I'm wrong to dismiss uh, the UK out of here because those documents could be central to the role that Biden and Obama played in targeting Donald Trump in 2015 and 2016, and then throughout his presidency. But focus here on Ukraine and Iran. I mean, you cannot make it up. This president and his old boss, Barack Obama, desperate for the Iranian nuclear deal, which Donald Trump ripped up. Rightly so. And now this administration is still chasing after an Iran nuclear deal.
So what are those documents? What, were, what kind of thing are they giving away? They giving away the store? Do those documents show it? We don't know. And Ukraine, I mean, guys, you cannot make it up, particularly with regard to Ukraine. We're in the middle of a, you got a, a Eurasian war going on between Russia and Ukraine. And Joe Biden and his family, I mean, come on. Was this about trying to cover up documents related to their family's corruption? They're using Ukraine as a personal bank and money laundering center as they're still doing? How corrupt can you be? What do those documents show? We don't know. But the fact that these documents involve the UK, Iran, and Ukraine, I mean, mind-blowing. How corrupt can you be? If you'll recall, back in August of last year, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago over Trump's possession of allegedly classified documents. Remember, they were screaming lies about, all oh, the nuclear secrets are held in Mar-a-Lago. This is an outrage. Washington Post reported at the time, some of the classified documents recovered by the FBI from Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home and private club included highly sensitive intelligence regarding Iran and China. This was a big deal, according to Brian Greer. He is a former CIA attorney. Here he is on CNN back on September 1st talking about Trump. Brian, I want you to weigh in on that gem that Kara just uh, reported, that the Trump legal team says that these documents in the possession of the former president were akin to an overdue library book. Your view on that? Yeah, that, I can't believe they're making that assertion. These are government records with highly classified information. It is imperative, as the Justice Department has emphasized, that the intelligence community be allowed to review these records, not only for the classification review and the damage assessment, but most importantly for the near-term risk mitigation efforts that they are undertaking, undertaking to look at whether sources are at risk or methods are at risk. I don't know any uh, library book that would raise that kind of stakes. So, of course, Brian, the former CIA attorney, must have been outraged when he heard that Biden was also keeping classified documents in a private office, right? Wrong. Now he's worried about the issue being, quote, over-criminalized. Listen to him on CNN yesterday. Uh, Brian, you said, uh, you've told our producers that there is uh, a danger in over-criminalizing mishandling of classified information. Explain that. Yeah, because of the criminal statutes that are out there that are old and quite vague, almost any mishandling case could potentially be shoehorned into a criminal investigation. Um, but going back to my prior point, because this type of mishandling happens all the time, and now it's become such a political football with all three uh, last presidential candidates being investigated, I do worry about, um, while we need to take this all seriously and it needs to be investigated, I do worry about over-criminalizing it, things that should ultimately be security violations sometimes. Um, those should be handled typically by, if you're a federal government employee, being disciplined or fired. But um, launching these full investigations that become political footballs is dangerous because it can dis disincentivize people um, from serving in the federal government. Ah, see, this law against having classified documents is no longer an issue when it's a Democrat, right? But unlike Trump, Biden should actually be in real legal trouble. Because Biden wasn't president when he left office, he was vice president. So unlike Trump, he does not have unilateral authority to declassify documents. Ah, but only Trump is getting a special counsel, right?
Well, you'll recall that the Attorney General Merrick Garland, who is the most corrupt radical AG we've ever had, apart from maybe Eric Holder, Garland cited Trump's entry into the presidential race and his boss Biden's plan to run again as reasons for naming a special counsel to investigate Trump. But now Merrick Garland's got more of a direct conflict probing Joe Biden, the sitting president, his boss, for the exact same thing, but he's not naming a special counsel for him? How does that work? Right, corruption 101. Okay, this is a clear conflict. And there's another unbelievable conflict. According to our friend Paul Sperry, who is now back on Twitter, by the way, he is a fantastic investigative journalist. He was suspended at the request of Adam Schiff and the House Intelligence Committee that went flying over to Twitter saying, you gotta suspend Paul Sperry. It's an unbelievable story. He's now back on Twitter, thanks to Elon Musk. He broke the story earlier today that one of the personal attorneys of Joe Biden who discovered, quote unquote, the top secret papers that Biden was keeping at his private DC office was Dana Remus. Dana Remus worked with the Obama appointed archivist, David Ferrario, to quote, review Donald Trump's records. Remus left the White House one month before discovering Biden's secret stash, according to Paul Sperry. This is unbelievable conflicts of interest. This is unbelievable corruption. Speaking of which, Hillary Clinton also did not have a special counsel, and she was snowed under with classified documents on that server. And also, like Joe Biden, she wasn't the president at the time and never will be, thank God, and therefore not allowed to have classified documents on her private server at home. Now, these documents at Biden's office do sort of inoculate Trump, right? Maybe not legally, as the DOJ is obviously biased and on a mission to go after Trump and try to stop him, but politically, absolutely. Absolutely. If Donald Trump gets charged for having classified documents and Biden doesn't, how's that going to play with voters? Probably not well for Biden, even when the propaganda press is going to cover for Biden, as they already have. Speaking of politics, there's also the matter of timing. CNN reported yesterday, quote, the documents were discovered on November 2nd, just six days before the midterms but the matter only became public on Monday this week due to news reports. What? Huh? When Trump has documents at Mar-a-Lago, he gets a raid. With Biden, the Justice Department keeps it secret for months and well past the midterm elections. And the only reason you're hearing about it now is because we have a new GOP-led Congress, that's why. And they're investigating all of this. So now it's like, oh, oopsie-daisy. Biden had classified documents because they know they're going to be investigated and this is going to come out. So now they're like, oh, here, here, here we go. Classified documents. Sorry, whoopsie-daisy. It wasn't even that tight of a secret, guys. NBC reported yesterday that the White House advisors knew about these documents for months. So they were covering up as well. Obviously, they didn't want this out there as Biden was tearing into Trump in September as totally irresponsible 
for having these docs at Mar-a-Lago. Here's Scott Pelley of CBS on 60 Minutes with Joe Biden back in September. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself looking at that image? How that could possibly happen, how one, anyone could be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or et cetera. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. Just totally irresponsible. Such a jackass. Following the Mar-a-Lago raid, there was a lot of speculation from the left that Trump was hoarding documents to give to Vladimir Putin or other dastardly individuals around the world, right? Oh, who is he going to hand these off to? Remember all that? The leftist citizens for ethics, or crew, tweeted, quote, it really was the worst possible scenario. Some of the classified documents recovered by the FBI from Mar-a-Lago included highly sensitive intelligence regarding Iran and China. Who did Trump show them to and what did he get out of it? Um, who was Joe Biden showing these documents to? Huh? Who had access to the documents on Iran and the UK and Ukraine? Huh? Did Vladimir Putin, was he able to see those? What's going on here? The interesting thing is that Mar-a-Lago is owned by Trump. Trump owns the entire property. There's no Chinese influence there. On the other hand, there is plenty of Chinese influence at the University of Pennsylvania, which partnered with Joe Biden, whose son, of course, sold influence to China to the tune of tens of millions of dollars to launch the Biden Center. According to the New York Post, quote, a government watchdog is demanding the U.S. attorney probing Hunter Biden in Delaware investigate tens of millions in anonymous donations from China to guess where? The University of Pennsylvania, where an academic center is named for his father, President Biden. The Ivy League College raked in a total of, you sitting down, Penn raked in a total of $54.6 million from 2014 through June of 2019 in donations from China, including $23.1 million in anonymous gifts starting in 2016, according to public records. Anonymous gifts, like anonymous sources, right? Most of the anonymous donations came after the university announced in February of 2017 that it would create the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. Joe Biden, whose term as VP had just ended, was to lead the center and also named a professor at the university. So is there the same outrage now over Joe Biden? No, of course not. Of course not. Here's Joy Behar helpfully summing up the leftist view. We all know that Trump is a liar and a thief. You know? We know that. So it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. That's partly what's going on. So there's Joy Behar saying the quiet part out loud. All of the press fell over themselves to cover for him, making excuses, and it's all so predictable and tedious and corrupt. Really, really corrupt. 
Guys, this story is about Joe Biden's corruption. It's not about the, the classified documents. Just like with Trump, it's not the classified documents. It's always about something bigger and more dangerous here. With Trump, they are trying to stop him from running and winning again. He is an existential threat who must be destroyed. In Biden's case, this is about the Biden family corruption led by Joe. The Hunter Biden story is a Joe Biden story. And that the Joe Biden led corruption of his entire family, the fact that he is so deeply compromised on Ukraine, uh, on China, for sure. I mean, these are our worst enemies on the face of the planet. And Joe Biden has been taking tens of millions of dollars hand over fist from these people for a very long time. And the fact that this corruption runs so deep, here's why it's dangerous to all of us, because the American president, the commander in chief, the question needs to be asked when he is leading this country in negotiations, diplomacy, war and peace, life and death, is he representing the United States and our interests, or is he representing his own? And I think we know the answer to that. The CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, is so deeply entrenched in this country right now. It is terrifying, terrifying. I mean, buying up farmland, you, you name it, in bed with big tech. They are everywhere. They've got police stations around this country. What? Yeah. And around the world, Central America, South America, the Middle East, everywhere, their tentacles are everywhere. And we've got a president who is deeply compromised by them. And when you've got a president deeply compromised by them, having taken so much money and with a, a, a totally blackmailable past, along with a son and a brother who have deeply blackmailable pasts and presence, probably, you've got a president who cannot lead this country. That's what makes us so incredibly dangerous. So yeah, we've got double standards here with Trump and Biden and all of that is important. And all of this is gonna be investigated by the GOP House. But the more important issue here is the dangerous situation that Joe Biden has now put the entire country and all of us in because of his corruption. That's the story. All right, when we come back, we're going to switch gears and talk about another very dangerous situation that we're all in, which is the damage being done by the mRNA shots, the mRNA so-called vaccines, which are not vaccines, they are gene therapies, still experimental. We're going to talk to someone who has been going through reams of data and statistics to bring us the truth about what is actually going on and why so many people especially young people, are collapsing and dying unexpectedly, suddenly, you name it. This is a statistical anomaly starting in 2021. Why? We're going to break it all down with Edward Dowd. This is not to be missed. So sit tight. Don't go anywhere. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, 
but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, I want to switch gears today on the show and talk about a subject that we talk about often here on the program, because honestly, we've got so many really important life or death issues coming at us. We cover them on this program. It is the fact that the country is hanging by a thread. We've got all of these threats from the globalists and also internal threats coming at us. But when you take a step back and sort of look at the global landscape, there really is no more important question facing us than what we have been through over the last three years with this COVID pandemic and then the response to the pandemic and what we continue to go through, because the fallout from this, and I consider this the greatest crime against humanity, certainly since the Holocaust, um, and certainly in modern times, um, it, the fallout from this is going to continue. And that is why I spend a good deal of time on this show talking about it and bringing on real experts to help walk us through where we have been, where we are, and where we are going. So joining me now is is someone that I've wanted to have on the show for quite a while, and I'm thrilled to have him with us today. Edward Dowd is currently a founding partner with Finance Technologies, which is a global macro alternative investment firm. He's also worked on Wall Street most of his career, spanning both credit markets and equity markets, including at BlackRock as a portfolio manager where he managed a $14 billion growth equity portfolio over several years. He's got a brand new book out. It's causing quite a sensation, a real stir, and rightfully so. The book is called Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. He joins me now. Ed, welcome. Thank you for having me on today, Monica. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it's really good to have you here. And I want to thank you so much for putting together this critically important book. Again, it's called Cause Unknown, um, because the subject matter is as timely as ever, given the fact that what is now punching through the propaganda press is a real spike in sudden collapses Uh, like perhaps we saw in Damar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills last week, but also sudden deaths, 
unlike any period of time we have ever seen before. Now, before we get into this, Ed, I just have to, to ask you straight off the top. You are a finance guy. You worked at BlackRock, where many people consider that the evil empire because of ESG and globalist activity. But you're a finance guy. This is your background. What in the world got you interested in taking a look at the question of people, especially young people, dying now at a higher rate? So my whole career as a stock picker and a, and a credit analyst and what my Wall Street analysis uh, training at DLJ, which was an equity research investment bank shop, you know, this is what I do for a living. We try to identify macro trends and micro trends and uh, identify them before the rest of the crowd uh, and exploit the the perception versus reality window where people think they don't they don't see the new trend you see it you don't have perfect information but you have enough information to bet capital on it and that's how you make the most amount of money so you know I used to joke uh, when I was on Wall Street that I was a stock conspiracy theorist you know you 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 have a viewpoint and investment thesis because you see some things that others don't and most of the crowd calls you crazy until over time you're proven right as more and more information comes and by the time it's in the wall street journal or the new york times all the uh profit has been squeezed out of it because that's when the the, the general population knows and it's the event is over so that's my job is to be ahead of the crowd and so it was naturally uh easy for me to get involved in this because i'm just curious about all sorts of things and quite honestly when the vaccines were being talked about in 2020 and uh, then they came out. Uh, I just assumed everybody would think like me because I knew several things that I thought were common knowledge. One, uh, it was an experimental new novel technology that wasn't tested on humans. Okay, that's number one. Number two, uh, I knew that typically speaking, it took seven to 10 years uh, of uh, safety data for a vaccine to be approved. And I knew that from my experience on Wall Street analyzing healthcare stocks. And then thirdly, Operation Warp Speed. Okay, anything under Operation Warp, anything uh, sounds rushed. Manufacturing will be rushed. Everything's rushed. And there's, you know, uh, normal approval processes might be looked over. Uh, mistakes could happen. So I just assumed everybody would think like me. I was horrified early on with the, uh, what we've come to learn is a military-grade PSYOP campaign uh, that, that occurred to convince the globe to take this thing. And early on in February, March of 2021, uh, I, lived, I live on Maui, didn't know anybody in 2020 that got COVID personally, but then all of a sudden people started getting COVID all over the place in 2021. And then I started hearing about strange uh, injuries, uh, um, deaths of, of people mysteriously dying in, in my, not, not me, not in my immediate family, but friends who had uncles that dropped dead. And I asked my curious mind asked, did they get the vax? They said, yeah, believe it or not, they got it two weeks ago. So and then, and then the sudden athletic deaths uh, in Europe started occurring on the soccer fields. And that just made me uh, say, hey, there's a trend because if it was statistically um, a safe, there are adverse events, there are uh, injuries, and some of them are death, but in, in a safe vaccine, there's, there, there's, it, it should be so rare that anecdotally, I shouldn't be hearing about it, especially multiple anecdotes. So statistically, I knew something was up then when the mandates hit, I got I became furious because I'm a I'm a liberty, uh, body body sovereignty kind of person, and I thought this was this was beyond the pale. 
I became involved in protests on Maui and then met up with Dr. Malone and uh, became uh, friends with him. And I told him that I was going to look at other databases uh, because I, the hospital system was obviously compromised by the incentives to name everything COVID. So I said I was going to count the bodies and the disabilities and I was going to look at insurance companies and funeral homes. And then eventually that led to a team assembling around me. And now we're looking at all cause mortality across the globe, just counting ones and zeros, dead or alive. And the, uh, the, the, uh, the shocking news is it's, it's, it's a global disaster. And if it's not what I think it is, which is the vaccines, then what is it? Why aren't the health authorities talking about it now? Do you have an explanation for that, for why? And, and I'll tell you, I saw one of my doctors today, just a routine checkup, and she, she's a top flight doctor, okay, top flight. And she, she looked at me and we were talking about ivermectin and how now ivermectin is sort of talked about as, as a common sense drug for COVID, but it was so destroyed. It was smeared. It was uh, prohibited from being prescribed for COVID, et cetera. But the point of this story, Ed, is that she was shocked to hear from me, a non-medical doctor, that yes, ivermectin, incredibly uh, effective. And she asked me, she's like, well, why would they have removed? She goes, I remember at the beginning of COVID, they started some studies that showed really encouraging and promising results of COVID at, in addition to zinc and vitamin D and some other things, quercetin, treating COVID-19. And she, she was asking me today, okay, here we are in January of 2023, an MD asking me, well, why did they why did they shut down ivermectin? Now that I'm just telling the story by the way of trying to tease out the larger, for lack of a better word, conspiracy. And I don't know if that's the right word, but all of these entities from big pharma to big tech to the US government, the regime, they were all working hand in glove to block any other drugs that might be effective and happen to be cheap and readily available, like ivermectin, to channel everybody into taking these vaccines and into keeping them under emergency use authorization. So as you go back in time and as you think about where we were in January, February, March of 2020, tease this out for us where they, they began to put all of the pieces in place, or maybe those pieces were ready to go, Ed, and they just pulled a trigger. Talk to us about how all of this unfolded. So, you know, the ivermectin hydroxychloroquine suppression, we've come to discover, um, was coordinated. Uh, there's lots of people doing journalistic work on that. And, you know, at the time, it was the fog of war, but I came to learn later on in 2020, I just thought everything was I, I just my my sense was things were not normal, and the and the propaganda was thick, and the suppression of uh, doctors immediately really I, I believe when someone censors you, there's a hidden agenda behind that. They're, 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 yes, I believe censorship. Uh, when someone's censored, I view them as like a mo I'm like a moth to a flame. When someone's censored, I want to know why they were censored, what they're saying, and what information do the quote unquote authorities not want me to see because that's just the way I'm wired. And I've come to learn over time, and I think you know this as well, um, the EUA uh, 
for the vaccines had a stipulation to get a, to get a, approval for a vaccine under an EUA, there had to be no other um, available medicines that could treat the symptoms or, or could alleviate uh, deaths. And we, of course, now know that ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin D, you know, we know that there were uh, a lot of frontline doctors who were who had their lives and careers destroyed in 2020 uh, that uh, saved people early treatment and early treatment was effective. What we found in the in, in when we did our analysis of uh, excess deaths, 2020 was the year that the old folks died. And then 2021, it shifted to uh, a mixture from old to young when the vaccines were introduced. And in 2020, there was clearly and, and I think there's a lot of investigative journalism being done on this, where uh, the, the protocols that were done by the hospitals, uh, you know, you'd come in presenting with breathing problems and they'd say, well, take some Tylenol, go home. And uh, if, you, if your breathing gets worse, come back in. And then they would intubate you, give you remdesivir, and ultimately most of these people died. So yes. that was, that, that, so there, there was a, crime in 2020 and then we have the vaccine crime in 21 22 and continuing in 23 so you have to separate the two crimes one crime was committed i think to push a vaccine um that's now this is speculation on my part and in my book i i, I don't go into the who and why but i i do establish it's true and i link you know my thesis is is it's the vaccines and you know the book suggests that um Bottom line, the big, the big conclusion I come up with is bottom line in 2021 and 2022, it was detrimental to your health to be employed. And it shows that uh, through all cause mortality statistics and disability. And we can get into that later, but the bottom line is you're correct. Something, something started in early 2020 that um, has profound implications to, until today. And, and it was suppression of early treatment to, to uh, tee up the approval of the vaccine under an EUA. Are you of the opinion, Ed, that, <clears throat> that the vaccine was created first and then the virus was created in order to mandate the vaccine worldwide versus the other way around, which, which is the logical linear view, which is, well, we had this novel coronavirus and oh my goodness, look, in rapid time, we got a vaccine to treat it. You know, that, that is uh, a great question. And, you know, anybody who looked at that question was censored, suppressed. Uh, journalists were basically incentivized not to look. Um, I don't have a, a definitive answer to that. I suspect uh, discovery and in investigations that open up once people know what has happened to them, that they've basically potentially been poisoned. I think. If I was a betting man, I would, I would, I would, I would bet that. Uh, and there's this strange story of Moderna having a specific gene sequence uh, in their patent that showed up in the virus. So that, and apparently, it's it's uh, like several billion to one odds of that happening coincidentally. So there's a smoking gun that needs to be looked at. There needs to be discovery. I'm a betting man, uh, and this is pure speculation on my part. Uh, this this seems to be some sort of a nefarious plot by someone. I certainly agree with you. I think we've only gotten the tip of the iceberg about the whole last couple of years 
actually. Okay, Ed, please hang tight. There's much more I want to get to with you. But first, guys, it is the new year. Don't you want to be as healthy as possible? Listen up, guys. After decades of wear and tear, our livers slow down and become sluggish. This is why so many of us struggle with weight gain and feeling tired all the time. Fortunately, there is a simple, all-natural solution that I recommend. It's called Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula contains 12 powerful botanicals clinically proven to recharge and protect your liver at the cellular level. It helps restore your liver's detoxifying abilities, boost your energy levels, and can kick your natural metabolism into high gear. Liver Health Formula is backed by the latest science and approved by American doctors. And every bottle is manufactured right here in the USA. And right now, as a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and receive five free gifts when you order today. First, you'll receive a free 30-day supply of nano-powered omega-3. This powerful blend of omega-3 fatty acids supports a healthy heart and brain with four times better absorption thanks to this special nano-delivery system. You're also getting four free ebooks to support every aspect of your health and longevity, regardless of age. Go to getliverhelp.com slash Monica, or call them toll-free at 800-282-1757 to claim your risk-free supply of liver health formula and all five bonus gifts. That's getliverhelp.com slash Monica, or call 800 800- 282-1757. You're covered by their 365-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to risk, but supplies are limited. So head on over to getliverhelp.com slash Monica, or call toll-free 800-282-1757 now to order liver health formula and claim your five free bonus gifts while you still can. That's getliverhelp.com slash Monica, or call 800-282-1757. We'll be right back. Okay, we're back with Edward Dowd. His new book is called Cause Unknown, and this is one of the most important conversations you will hear. Let's get more into um, the, the contents of your book because you uh, the, the book begins with a close look at the actual human reality behind the statistics that you were just talking about. And you lay out this mosaic of victims here. They they all have in common the vaccine. Is there anything else that ties all of them together? So the book idea was pitched to me by uh, Gavin DeBecker, who wrote my afterword. Um, he spoke with uh, Bobby Kennedy and Tony Lyons, and they were looking for a book to talk about sud- the sudden athletic deaths and put a, a human face to it. And they approached me because of my work on all-cause mortality. And through these discussions, I said, you know, look, I don't think you have enough of a book uh, just detailing sudden athletic deaths because it's anecdotal. I'll, I'll cite a study in a moment, though, that, that, does, that does suggest that there's something going on. But if we can link it to my data, um, we, can, we, can, we have a book that uh, shows the human toll and then the meta data 
rolled up into you know what I call an investment thesis or an analyst mosaic. That in my my thesis is the vaccines have caused all this damage, disabilities, and excess deaths across the globe, especially in younger age cohorts. So that was the idea of the book, and you know so on Monday last. I think it was last Monday night, it was a football game so, and uh, a player collapsed. I was asked for comments because my book is, uh, is starting to, um, it came out on December 13th. And my comment was, I, I don't comment on specific cases, but I can suggest to you that there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these such deaths detailed, uh, sudden athletic deaths detailed in my book. And then I also referred to a, a study that was done. The best study we have is the Lausanne study. I think it was done in 2006 and it, it, it detailed the 38 prior years. And it's not comprehensive because it's, you know, it's, it couldn't be, but they tried to the best of their ability and they discovered over 38 years and they, their age cutoff was 35, ours is 45, but uh, 35 and under uh, athletes who died on the field or close to the field uh, suddenly. There were 1,101 such cases over 38 years, that's 29 a year. Since 2021, we'd be lucky to have a month with just 29. And just in my book alone, there's, I think, like 500 plus such cases de detailed in the front of the book and then in the compendium. And that math alone, and again, our list is not comprehensive. It's just a sampling of what we've seen in 21 and 22. Uh, that's a 10 to 12 fold increase. And I'm sure the number's higher if we could you know, get all these uh, incidents that have occurred. Again, ours is just a sampling. And we had, we had some methodology that we rigorously uh, set ourselves to. So there are probably more. So it's a 10 to 12 uh, uh, fold increase. And I get a lot of arguments. Well, sudden deaths have occurred always. I go, well, maybe they did, but did you ever hear about them, number one? And number two, did you hear about them as, 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 as often and in the frequency that we're seeing now? The answer is no. The numbers are off the charts. And we're now getting stories like this all the time. And in fact, I think someone said about the, the Monday night football incident that something like that hasn't occurred in 50 years, the last 50 years. So these are not normal occurrences. So first of all, in the book we've established, is it true? Yes, it's true. This has been occurring since 2021. And then when you roll up into the metadata and we can get into a deep discussion of that, that's where the rubber hits the road. And I have a pretty good thesis uh, and indication that the vaccines have caused massive death and more importantly, even more disabilities, which I recently said to Senator Ron Johnson several weeks ago is a national security concern, and we can get into the numbers on that and why. Yeah, I would love to to get into that. Um, before we do, though, Ed, you know, you're talking about real people. I mean, I, every day you go on Twitter and you see what's trending, and you see R.I.P. someone, right? And then you click on it and someone died suddenly, someone, you know, cause unknown, like the title of your book. These are real people with families people. and friends and hopes and dreams and school and careers. And it really puts it into bold relief, especially when you're talking about young people and especially when you're talking about athletes. So let, let me ask you about that. Tell us about these young athletes who are collapsing on the field. I remember in 21, seeing some initial reporting about soccer players just collapsing on the pitch, but now it's happening in basketball, college level, professional level, football, NFL, you name it. But we're talking about young, healthy, vibrant of people who are engaged in normal, vigorous activity for their age, and then boom, they're on the ground. 
what it, can you break out medically what you think is happening here? Like what, what effect does the vaccine have in terms of the spike protein that it's generating, the synthetic spike protein in the body to create a cardiac event or a blood clot that can create a stroke or a pulmonary embolism or something else? So, you know, look, you said something that was interesting, uh, and this is the pushback I got early on. It was initially soccer players in Europe, mostly, that were, uh, that, that was the majority of the people who were dropping dead. And I, I and, and people would say, well, no one in the NFL, no one in the NBA, and da, 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 da. And I said, well, let me investigate that. So I called some uh, doctors that uh, were more uh, in tune with the narrative that you and I have. And they said, well, Ed, um, soccer is the most cardi cardio intensive sport. Uh, you, if you look at a soccer game, they're running all the time. There's the, the activity goes on. There, there's no sitting around like in football where there's short bursts of energy. Basketball is probably the next best one, but it's still not as intense as soccer. Soccer is the most cardio intense sport and that caused strain and stress on the heart and it triggered whatever is triggering in these, uh, th these events. I should also note that if the fittest and most elite amongst us are dropping dead suddenly, what do you think is going on with the rest of the less fit population? It's not good. And the numbers suggest that as well. So, and per personally and anecdotally, yeah, I live on the island of Maui. There was an individual, uh, uh, Locke Eggers, who's a paddler. Uh, he's 55, my age, fit as a fiddle, look, looks like a brick house. He was hiking on the Pali Trail and uh, had a heart attack and dropped dead. His brother was also a paddler, dropped dead in April. This happened, I think, in uh, September, October timeframe. So did I, are, are they vaxxed? I have no idea. But again, this just doesn't happen to fit supreme athletes. Um, we also had recently this weekend, an MMA fighter in, in uh, Oahu, 18 year old female MMA fighter dropped dead suddenly. So again, Monica, this is stuff that just didn't happen before. So I'm not a doctor, but medically, from what I understand, the spike protein is, uh, of COVID is toxic. And Dr. Uh, Malone in June of uh, 2021 went on the Dark Horse podcast and just kind of suggested, uh, we're starting to think that maybe the spike protein is toxic. And he was uh, basically deplatformed and lost all his government contracts. And that was his journey of awakening to what's really going on. And from what I understand, it causes um, damage, my, my, myocarditis that eventually presents itself um, as uh, a, a potential incident. And the more you stress your body, the more likely you are to uh, have an event. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely, when you take a look at the data, we're definitely seeing an increased number of cardiac events. And we just had Dr. Malone on this show. Ed, uh, we've also spoken to Dr. Asim Malhotra, the British cardiologist. I've also had Dr. Joseph Ladapo, the Florida Surgeon General on the show, and, and others who are all saying the same thing. And they're all describing the same sort of phenomenon, which maybe we don't quite understand medically or scientifically yet, but that there's something toxic in this uh, spike protein that is synthetic that goes through the shot into your system. And then when you've got this kind of robust physical activity on the field, on the court, it, uh, th there is a theory that perhaps the spike protein is creating micro tears in your arteries 
and your veins and is creating micro clots. And in some cases, then the clots grow bigger in certain people and create a heart attack, a stroke, et cetera. I don't know enough about that. I don't know if you do, but it, it, I think we're certainly still in the mode of trying to explain the connection, the, the causality between the mRNA spike protein, you know, the spike protein in those vaccines or in those shots and these ki kinds of cardiac events or the development of blood clots, which now even the FDA acknowledges, right? That the shots have an increased risk for blood clotting. Correct. And, you know, so because I'm not a doctor, uh, I've been asked, well, how can you speak on this subject? And it's, it's actually good that I'm not a doctor because I'm looking at metadata and trends. And when you look at uh, uh, these individual cases, people can get into this, these arguments and they're anecdotes, but when you look at the metadata, the story's quite clear. Um, and I'm gonna use two data sets to describe what I just told you earlier in, the, in this interview, that it was detrimental to your health to be employed in 21 and 22. So there are two different data sets I'm gonna describe. Uh, and again, these aren't my numbers. These are two different data sets that we've analyzed. One is, the, um, the, is generated by the Society of Actuaries, which is a, independent group that does uh, analysis for the insurance industry. And they put out a report on group life policies as group life revenue survey. It, 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 it comprises 80% of the revenues of the group life industry in the US. Let me describe what group life is. Group life is not whole life or term life. Group life is a policy you get when you join a Fortune 500 company or a mid-sized company or a company that wants to give it to you as a benefit. And what it is, is you, you, you sign on board to a company, your first day you go to HR, you get your healthcare plan, you pick your healthcare plan, your HMO or your PPO or whatever, you sign that, then you sign group life and disability. And all you have to do for that is sign it and name a beneficiary, either your uh, uh, wife or husband, if, if you're married, and if you're not, and you're a young person, you might name your parents as the beneficiary. And it's kind of a throwaway benefit it's very lucrative business for the uh, uh, insurance industry because generally speaking, this is a population that's much healthier than the general US population. And that's been proven by the Society of Actuaries and it's detailed in my book. Uh, there's a report they did in 2016 to prove what they already knew, which is group life policyholders die at a much lower rate than the general population in any given year, 30 to 40%. Uh, of the general uh, US population mortality rate. So if it's X for the general US population, it's one third X for the, these policy members. Why? Well, they tend to be younger. They tend to be able to physically show up to work. They tend to be highly educated and they tend to have access to the best healthcare. So we've already, we can establish that group's healthier. Well, during COVID, that relationship held. COVID affected everybody, but that group died at a lower excess mortality than the general US population. Suddenly in 2021, that flipped. And the study put out in August of this year that's in my book by the Society of Actuaries showed that uh, ages 25 through 64 had 40% excess claims or mortality. These are actual monies paid to people, 40% excess. Uh, versus the general U.S. population in 2021 that had 32%. So the relationship flipped. And if you go even further down into it, 
uh, and dig through the numbers, um, the millennials, 25 through 44, had what I call an event in uh, the third quarter of 2021, August, September, October timeframe. What happened then? Well, we know two things happened, mass vaccinations and mandates. And their excess mortality, according to the Society of Actuaries, rose to 84%. In a very mm -hmm. short three-month period, it was running around 30% prior to the mandates. So what happened? I, it's my contention in my thesis that it, it was an event and it pulled forward a bunch of hesitant vaccine people that had to make the choice, keep a job or not keep a job. And that's why we saw that spike. And it was a temporal event in a very healthy fit age group. And uh, Scott Davison, the One America CEO said in January, because he was the they, they experienced uh, this, uh, and he talked about it in January of 2022, that 40% excess mortality, just to give you an idea how bad this is for this age cohort, 10% is a three standard deviation event, which happens 0.03% of the time, is a once in a 200 year flood. So 10% is a once in a 200 year flood in this age group, the millennials, to have that kind of excessive death. 40% is off the charts. And that it, it, it boggled his mind. Now, did he blame the vaccine? No, but uh, I don't care because that my job was to listen to CEOs and do the opposite of what they said if they didn't understand what was going on. So just because he didn't identify the vaccine means nothing to me. Um, so I've, I've basically just established that something happened to a very healthy subset of the US population that never happened before. It's continuing in 2022. The millennial excess death rate is currently, as of June of 2022, because we don't have the third and fourth quarter numbers yet, is 23%. So that's still horrendous. Um, so that's one group. Healthy group, all of a sudden, dying excessively. And I think because they had to take the jabs for the mandates. Second uh, data set, U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Um, for the prior five years before COVID, the disabled in America on an absolute number basis had been running between 29 and 30 million, up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, then in February of uh, 2021, it took off and uh, we started a new uh, growth rate, so to speak, of disabilities, meaning it was flatlining and then it took off to the, up and to the right at a 35, 40 degree angle, which looks like a growth stock chart and a breakout on a technical basis. In fact, we analyze that. It's a three standard deviation event for the year over year rate of change. And that happens again, 0.03% of the time. So that on Wall Street, we call a trend change, a signal. And then um, uh, as of September of 2022, we hit a high of the disabled Americans, 33.2 uh, million. So an additional 3.2 million Americans were disabled in a very short period of time, about 18 months. <clears throat> and when you break down uh, the population of, uh, of this, you can break it down between the whole population, and we're looking at ages 16 through 64. Uh, the, the total population, 16 to 64, civilian labor force, and then employed labor force, and then not in labor force. And that's, I'll talk about that in a second. There's about 100 million um, employed people in the U.S. Their disability rate went up uh, 31% between February of 21 and November of 22. 31% rate of change in their disability rate. The general U.S. population uh, saw an 8% uh, increase in their general disability rate. 
when you look at the not in labor force, those are the people who could work and are willing to work, but left. And we suspect those people represent those who are fired for not getting the job or um, elected not to get the job and quit. Their disability rate increase was 4%. Okay. So, mm -hmm. and then when we uh, look at by sex uh, in the employed population, um, women are uh, being, their rate of change in disability rate is uh, 36% and men 19%. And then when we go to the numbers, uh, the numbers of people that are newly disabled of the 3.2 million, the employed represent 1.7 million. So more than half of the newly uh, disabled people since February of 21 are employed. So something has happened to this country where a mysterious, well, I blame the vaccines, but if you wanna say I'm wrong, what is going on with the employed population of the United States where the most able-bodied uh, folks who do all the things in this country, the military, the first responders, those who work, deliver goods and services, make things, something is going on that's affecting their health outcomes. They're dying at a greater rate and they're getting disabled at a greater rate. So if you don't buy my thesis that it's the vaccines, at the very least, it's a, uh, a national security issue. And, you know, Monica, as you would suspect, the health authorities are crickets on this issue and no one seems to want to talk about it. And that, in my, at the end of my book, I suggest this is a cover up at this point and we don't need to know any more uh, of crimes and malfeasance. Well, yeah, I mean, nobody throughout this entire crisis, nobody has wanted to talk about the truth and people who have, like you, Dr. Malone, Dr. McCullough, etc. They were silenced, suspended, ostracized, you name it. Um, and now, now that we're past the most acute part of the actual virus spreading novel corona, nobody knew what it was, blah, blah. But now we're in a different phase of this. And the different phase also means covering up the truth as it evolves, right? As we're getting more and more of the story. All right, we've got to hit a quick break, Ed, but there's so much more to get to, so please stay close. We're coming right back, but first, guys, are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you have finally had enough of all the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, Diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by our so-called leaders in Washington, and I know you are too. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news, you can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it so easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. So protect yourself with gold today by texting Monica to the number 989-898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, Birch Gold is the place to go to secure your future with gold today. Start right now with a free info kit. 
There is zero obligation to make this request. Just text Monica to 989-898. We're coming right back. Okay, we're back now with the final part of our conversation here with Edward Dowd. I want to just mention two things here because you laid out these incredible data sets and, and doing a deep dive into these numbers, Ed. Um, first, I, I seem to recall that almost immediately after the debut of the mRNA shots, Marvin Hagler, the boxer, died unexpectedly. He was fine one day, he had had the shots, and or at least one of the shots, and then boom, he was dead. And I remember marvelous Marvin Hagler, his family came out almost immediately and said, we attribute this to the mRNA vaccine because he just got it, he was fine before, and now he's dead. And literally within 24 hours, somebody or something got to them and that family was shut down. I don't know what happened. I have no evidence of this, but there was not a word breathed after that about Hagler's death. That's number one. Number two, we have been talking a lot about vigorous uh, physical activity, a lot of young athletes collapsing and or dying uh, in the middle of very vigorous activity. But there are a lot of people who are also dying suddenly in their sleep. So there is something else going on, a separate and distinct from real physical activity where people are dying without obvious reasons in their sleep, right? So there is something um, big going on here. And the fact that nobody, uh, e even in the DeMar Hamlin case, I know none of us wanna speculate, we're not in his body, we're not his doctors, we're not his family. And we're so glad that he's okay. But nobody wants to even raise the question for fear of being silenced, censored, ostracized, pointing fingers. But we can't get past this unless and until we have these conversations. So this is this is an interesting point you bring up. So at the very least, the incident last Monday has raised a conversation. What I find curious, and I point this out in my social media on Twitter and Getter, uh, is that it's interesting that when you ask someone's vaccination status in relation to a death, you're an awful human being. I, I'm old enough to remember my vaccination status was required to work, go to school, uh, go to a restaurant, go to a gym, go to a concert. So I find it just super curious that all of a sudden asking about vaccination status is now awful. I mean, this, this, the hypocrisy is just, right. I, I, you know, this, this was only a year ago. Vaccination status was important. And now how dare we ask? It's, it's beyond the pill. And the thing that uh, I write in my book, um, one of the, the, the things we, uh, we wanted to avoid was criticism of, uh, for highlighting stories about people that died. And we said, look, we're honoring them because uh, if, if, if there is something going on, uh, we need to know it from a public health concern. And uh, this, is, this is just the way it has to be. Uh, when, you, when you die, um, I found out recently, HIPAA covers you while you're alive. When you're dead, there's, you, the dead have no HIPAA rights. Um, so this is not private information. This is information that the public needs in order to uh, you know, make decisions from a health policy standpoint. And there seems to be this flipping of the script to how dare you ask? And I say, we should ask and we will ask. 
yes, and we should. And everybody is still so afraid. I mean, I, I would love for one of these families, I mean, I, I feel bad for anybody who has lost a loved one, believe me. But, uh, you know, and I know that they're grieving, but nobody, no, no family, no parents of like a young high school or college athlete who's collapsed and died, nobody is willing to publicly stand up and put their head above the crowd and say, you know, my kid had, because as a requirement to go to this college or this university, this kid got three shots or four shots or whatever that they were mandating. And I, and I believe that there is some correlation here. Nobody, I mean, the silence is deafening, but it also speaks volumes, doesn't it? It does. And look, um, I view this as the, the biggest asymmetric information gap of my financial career. And just to give you that, just to put, flesh out that term, on Wall Street, money is made when you have knowledge and most of the crowd doesn't. And you, you, you exploit that. This, this, this knowledge that you and I have and a lot of people have, it, you know, I call it the echo chamber. But the echo chamber is growing bigger and it's starting to become apparent to a lot of people there's something wrong. The Rasmussen survey came out. But I feel that a lot of people that uh, have these poor children dying just don't know. And they're not even making the connection. I, 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 I sincerely believe most of these people have no idea of what's going on like we do. And this is, and because of the censorship, because of the blackout on the main, from the mainstream media, um, it's, it's, the, it's the biggest asymmetric information gap of my career and it's horrifying. And my book is designed to close that gap. It's, it's a book that doesn't go into the who and why, so it doesn't upset people's world's view, world view, but I want people just to give it to their loved ones and family members that think we're crazy. Because I come at this, from a Wall Street point of view, and I'm very uh, measured, and I'm not hysterical, and I just present the facts and the data, and I, I blame the vaccines, and I invite you to I invite the reader to say, if you don't believe me, then what is it? Do you think, and I, I'm just inviting you to speculate here, but it, the, obviously they were doing everything possible through mandates and and everything else, uh, the banning of ivermectin and other proven drugs. They were channeling billions of people into taking these experimental mRNA shots. Um, was it done as a scientific experiment? Was it done for fun and profit? I mean, Moderna alone made, what, $18 billion in one year, Pfizer, way more than that. Um, and or is there a more nefarious agenda here? Again, this is speculation, but clearly, um, one of the things that made me very suspicious early on about COVID uh, was in April, I think April 3rd of 2020, uh, a Federal Reserve President, James Bullard of St. Louis, got on Face the Nation. And he was asked several questions, one of which was, how are we going to open up the economy, given everyone's scared and this virus is raging? And he said, well, I'm glad you asked that question. It's just great that we have new technologies that can sur do surveillance and we can test people daily and issue immunity badges. And I heard immunity badge. And that's when I said, why is the Federal Reserve president talking about immunity badges? And um, you need to know that those of us in the financial community know that since the great financial crisis, 
the problem that we had then wasn't solved. The fraud went on the balance sheet of the central banks from the, from the banks they bought the debt from. And then the, the governments of the world spent like drunken sailors to keep the economy afloat. And it's really been a zombie economy for 12 years. Um, we all knew that eventually the, 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 you know, the dot-com bubble floated into the, the bank bubble. And then that's when the central banks had to get involved. We knew the next bubble would be what we call a sovereign debt crisis bubble, or meaning you know, the end of the you know, fiat system we currently know as the dollar reserve system. So we were looking for something or some event to cause uh, a global financial crisis. Well, there were signs posts of that in 2019 um, with uh, repo rates, overnight lending rates started exploding. There was a global growth, uh, a synchronized global growth slowdown. And then, you know, surprisingly, COVID came and allowed central banks and governments to spend and print money like uh, drunken sailors to kick the can down another two years. My speculation is whether COVID was created or used as, as an excuse, um, it provided an opportunity for what was going to happen anyways for central bankers and politicians to blame something else, introduce uh, um, a control system uh, where you know, vaccines would lead to uh, central bank digital currency, currencies, compliance, prevent riots. And um, I have a tweet thread I put out in May of um, 2020 that I put in the form of a dystopian movie that kind of foretold almost everything that happened. I, I predicted vaccine passports. I predicted demonization of uh, the unvaccinated. I predicted that there would be censorship of any counter narratives. All of it came true. People ask, am I from the future? No, I'm just a Wall Street guy that's been exposed to lots of corporate frauds. And I said, I thought like a criminal. And if I wanted to hide a, a, a global sovereign debt crisis, this would be how I'd do it. So that's my best speculation that this is about uh, managing uh, the new monetary system and blaming uh, a virus for it and, and setting yeah. up a control system. Yeah, absolutely. It's all part and parcel of the Great Reset. And so whether or not it was done on purpose at that moment, um, they certainly did leverage it to that end, 100%. Right, so, and, uh, and, and, and so you yeah, get lots ahead. of people, you, you can get a lot of players to get the momentum going through. If you're on the inside and you know it's gonna happen, you can profit from it. So obviously pharma and a lot of insiders had foreknowledge and uh, a lot of people, uh, I think there were like 500 new billionaires minted since COVID. Yeah, and, and the primary one being Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, although many, many others. Um, this is one of the greatest transfers of wealth, maybe in the history of the world. Maybe it is the greatest transfer of wealth. It's just uh, the fallout has only just begun. Um, and in our final moments here with you, um, do you think knowing what you now know about these statistics, uh, the data that you're seeing, the nature of these shots, should they be pulled? And if so, for everybody or just certain groups? So when I started seeing the insurance data in the first quarter of 2022, uh, they, they were reported in February, I called for them to be pulled. And I said, I hope there's some adults in the room in Washington that can do this. And clearly that didn't happen. I also made a prediction they would double down because I know how the criminal mind thinks. And that's what we've seen doubling down, putting these vaccines on the childhood schedule to get immunity. Um, these people won't stop until we stop them. The regulators are captured. So how do we stop them? We have to get a marginal mind turned 
and we need uh, to get to a critical mass of people that then move the politicians. So this is kind of a, a grind and they should be pulled. Unfortunately, they won't until we get enough people, uh, you know, screaming at their politicians that they're, they're horrified. And I think we're slowly approaching that moment. Um, this is a grassroots effort because, I, again, the FDA, CDC, NIH, HHS, they're all captured. And, uh, and, and in fact, there's a lot of, you know, people who mandated these jabs at corporations that are still in Stockholm syndrome that, can't, you know, they, they, they can't believe that they may have poisoned themselves and their employees and they're going to, ego is getting in the way. So it's a slow battle, but they should be pulled immediately. Unfortunately, they won't, but it's, it's up to us to get the word out. You know, it, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance and, you know, those of us who were clear eyed about this from the beginning, there's a lot of frustration or I should speak for myself. There's a lot of frustration on my part um, because I wanted people to have open eyes throughout and they didn't. And now, you know, if they've taken these uh, shots, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance. And I think we've got to be very careful and very gentle in how we talk to them about this. But, you know, in the meantime, you got the CD. DC just approved these shots for babies six months and up. There's no long-term safety data in any direction. Billions of people have been used as guinea pigs. So in our final moments here, Ed, I want to ask you a question that I ask all of my guests on the COVID issue. Is this a crime against humanity? And if so, who are the biggest villains? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I can say that it seems to be a crime against humanity. The suppression of early treatment is crime one, the rollout of these um, untested vaccines. And let's say they made a mistake. Uh, at this point, the data suggests they should be pulled and the fact they're not suggests cover up in crime. So that we have crimes, Fauci, um, Borla, um, you know, uh, a, lot of, a lot of the uh, heads of the, the global government authorities in healthcare, um, the FDA, the CDC, the, the, the department heads, there has to be an investigation and, we, and it will lead where, where it leads. Uh, Burks uh, uh, apparently uh, was involved as well. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but those are some of the people I would look at first. Yeah, it's an unbelievable abuse of power. And we're dealing with life and death here. And I've, I've long called for, an, for a COVID accountability project, Ed, and but I, I'm not confident that we're ever going to see accountability on any of these people that you just mentioned. Well, I, I'm, I'm more hopeful. I do think it's begun. Um, you know, the tobacco, the tobacco wars were eventually won when state's attorneys got involved and got discovery. Uh, DeSantis down in Florida is now investigating and we hope other states get on board. And through discovery, public opinion, uh, I think this turns. And because this is so, this is so horrendous, the, the human cost, the tragedies, the, again, the book, my book puts a face on these. These are real people. It's so big. It's going to touch almost everybody we know in this country. There's no one who's not going to go unscathed. And I didn't even begin to touch upon the economic impacts that we see coming for the next, uh, you know, decades from this devastation. Oh, yeah. No, the fallout has already begun. 
Um, and it's, it's going to continue. But again, that's all part of the globalist plan uh, related to the Great Reset. So everybody's eyes have to be open about all of this. And your book goes to, uh, it makes an incredible contribution here, Ed. Um, and I recommend this to everybody. The book is called Cause Unknown, the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. We have been talking to the author, Edward Dowd. Um, I do suggest everybody get their hands on this book just to understand where we have been, where we are, and perhaps unfortunately where we're going in this uh, unbelievable psychological and medical experiment that's been inflicted on the world. It's just mind boggling. Sometimes, Ed, I wake up on a, a, like a random day and I, I think, all of this must have been a dream the last couple of years. Um, none of this can be real, but unfortunately it is, and we've got to deal in reality. And that's what I, that's my, that was my job on Wall Street, to see reality before everybody else. And unfortunately, my reality is as close to it as you're going to get. And I want people to give this to their loved ones that think we're crazy because it might flip. I'm hearing it's flipping minds because I come at it dispassionately from a data standpoint. So I hope I hope the message gets out. Well, again, the book is called Cause Unknown, the Epidemic of Sun Deaths in 2021 and 2022. It's got uh, the author we've been talking to for the last near hour is Edward Dowd. And it's got a foreword by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who has also been on the forefront of a lot of these issues, and an afterword by Gavin DeBecker. It's really worth picking up and absorbing because, you know, it, it does none of us any good to put our heads in the sand and do a bunch of wishful thinking on all of this. So, Ed, I want to thank you so much for your time today and also for bringing us the facts, the data, and the truth. Thank you so much, Monica, and, and thanks for having me on. appreciate you as well. You bet. Thanks. Well, guys, a truly unbelievable conversation, but also a critically important one surrounding life and death. And I know these issues are not easy to listen to. They're not easy to hear about, um, especially when you and your loved ones have, you know, thought all along in the last couple of years that you were doing the right thing. But as I said to Ed, it does us no good to keep our heads in the sand. We've got to deal in reality so that we know and we're equipped uh, with the facts to go forward here. Okay, so that's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for being here and for checking out our terrific sponsors. We all really appreciate that. Uh, we're going to have a fantastic show on Friday talking about the RNC race. Now that we've got Kevin McCarthy in there, so our Senate quote unquote leader is in there, our House leader is in there, and the only last remaining race is Ronna McDaniel and the RNC chair. We're actually gonna talk to somebody who's one of the 168 people, uh, members of the RNC that is actually gonna vote on this thing. We're gonna talk to him on Friday and find out what's up and do they get it? So you're not going to want to miss that coming up on Friday. All right. In the meantime, have a great balance of your week. And I will see you right back here on Friday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.